Peter, uh, Peter Lindell is just going to take a few minutes to share a bit of testimony. Tonight we're going to look at the theme of um, courage in the face of fear. And um, Peter is going to take a couple of minutes and share some testimony about just that, finding courage in the face of fear. So thanks, Peter. 2013, and I was about to go to Thailand to go and visit my brother, who wasn't very ill, who was ill over there. Um, then 10 days before I was due to fly out, I was really thinking seriously of cancelling the flight because I was afraid to go. A few years before, when I'd gone over there, I'd had an encounter with a scorpion. And I'd also found out that in his back garden, there were cobra. His back garden was really a jungle. I mentioned this to a friend of mine uh, shortly afterwards, and I said, I don't want to go. She advised me. Um, she prayed for me. And she gave me a little stone, which had scripture on it. Proverbs 3, verse 5. Love the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And I felt then that it was a sin to have fear in my life if I believed in the Lord. So I went. And strange enough, on the first, first morning when I woke up in Thailand in the house, I had a little traveling Bible with me. And it had a, a section where you could turn to scripture for various uh, bits of advice, anger, sorrow, fear. I turned to one which was about stress. And it had a line about Jesus standing on a scorpion or under, on a snake. After that, it was fine. Fear was totally taken away from me. Thank you. Thanks, Peter. That's, that's fantastic. That's great. If you have a Bible, turn with me just briefly, just for a moment or two. I'm going to look at Joshua, and we're going to come and pray together. Um, Joshua chapter 1. Just, just a couple of, c- couple of verses we're going to look at together, on, similar to what we've been singing about, the promises of God, trusting him, um, trusting in Jesus Christ, trusting in the promises of God, some of the songs, uh, resting in his love, laying hold of his love for our lives, important when we're looking at the area of fear. Uh, and I want to say it's not wrong to be fearful, but to, for fear to master us, um, it, it, it can really ruin our lives. So God doesn't want anything to master you that ruins your life. Um, and I would say that. So I'm going to look at this together for a moment or two. So it's in Joshua chapter 1. <clears throat> and um, in uh, chap- jo- Joshua 1, it, it's, it, the, the first eight verses, verses 1 to 8, it's where God says to Joshua, be strong and courageous. And when you're fearful, what you don't want is someone to tell you, yeah, come on, pull yourself together. But I don't think God was saying it like that. He wasn't saying pull yourself together. Um, it was something different. So look at this with me. So Joshua chapter 1 and um, verse 1 says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, um, the, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them. To the Israelites, I will give you every place where you set your foot. As I promised Moses, your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, to the Hittite country, to the great sea of the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses... So I will be with you. I will never leave you nor 
forsake you. Verse 6, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. The Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Now that was written uh, before Jesus. The Old Testament, it was the old covenant. Now we are people of the new covenant, the new agreement. In the, with Jesus coming, dying and resurrected, there is a, an even better covenant now. If God was with Joshua, now he can be with us for always living in us and with us. So it's quite amazing, amazing news. A couple of things just want to just, uh, just look at just for a moment or two. It says in verses 1 and 2 there, it says, Moses is, Moses, my servant, is dead, the Lord said to Joshua. Now you go. You know, um, change, new seasons in life, loss. You could say, tell me about it. Loss, if you've experienced loss, um, any change in your life, anything that we feel that we have no control over. These are things that worry us. And they can, they can set fear into our hearts. And so this was a season of great change. God was saying to, Moses, uh, to Joshua, rather, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now I'm going to be with you. You go. This was a completely new season. It was absolutely massive for those people because Moses was the man who t- took the people out of Egypt. God was with him. Incredible miracles. Seas parting. Um, um, meat falling from heaven in the form of quail, um, bread appearing on the ground in the form of manna, incredible miracles. You know, Moses was a spectacular leader. He had his flaws like any human being, but was spect- and God was spectacularly with him. Moses would be revered throughout Jewish history as one of the main prophets in the, in the faith of Islam. In Islam, Moses is figure's pretty big. Moses was a monumental figure and hot off the press. Can you imagine? Moses has just died and Joshua, his assistant, and Joshua was a man who was his assistant, is now thinking to himself, I can't fill his shoes. Who am I? I'm an unknown. What about the struggles that he would have in his own life? The unknown and our inner struggles. Moses, I think Joshua would have felt like I'm not good enough. I can't do this. I can't handle this. I'm not going to be able to do this. I think if I put myself in Joshua's shoes, and this is why God has to say to him, be strong, courageous. He was gripped with fear. I think Moses, uh, Joshua rather, I keep saying Moses. I think Joshua was probably gripped with a sense of fear. And I think you and I would be as well. Because in a new season, some seasons in our lives shake us. When there's change, any sense of change, change is good, but change means exactly that, change. Change comes to our family circumstance, our jobs, our, our health, church, life, you know, relationships. 
And, and maybe we've, we experienced, like with Moses, tremendous sense of loss. Maybe they're not relationships. We haven't lost someone, but there's something changed in the relationship. And so in heart and life, there can come things that shake us. You know, for Joshua, there was such a lot to live up to. I think he had such a lot. He felt such a lot. He had the inner struggles in his own heart. Maybe you feel like that. Sometimes you think, I can't do this at work, or I can't do this at church, or I can't do this in my family. I can't continue like this anymore. And I think that was Joshua. And so in this experience of change, the unknown and the inner struggles, they feel fear. Basically, fear is often fueled with the unknown. I'm unable to maybe... I feel powerless or I feel that I can't do anything about this. You can't make somebody love you or love them or a boss work with you or, 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 or someone give you this or, or do that. You can't force something and we feel a sense of powerlessness. I can't find that job or I feel out of a sense that's out of control in my life. And so change, new seasons, loss, inner struggles, the things that we have, the unknown, they fuel, they can fuel a sense of foreboding. That's where anxiety comes from. And anxiety breeds, if it continues, a sense of fear. And there can be a sense of fear. Am I going to make this? Am I going to get through this? And I think that's where God is speaking into Joshua's changed circumstance. The sense of fear that there would have been. But we see a bit further on. And the second thing I'd say is this. Um, in verses 3 to 5, this is what then God says to encourage him. In, in the midst of our fear. So we can all feel it. And you probably say to me, tell me about it, Adrian. I, I experience certain concerns right now. But this is what God then says. In verses 3 to 5, he says, As I was with Moses, I will be with you. A couple of things I want to say about those amazing words. Because they're really important. <clears throat> As I was with Moses, I will be with you. It's in verses Three to five there, and in particular in verse five, he, he says this, I'll, I'll never leave you. I promise you, I will be with you. A um, couple of things. There's a power in pondering the past, and there's a power in laying hold of the promise for today. <clears throat> you see, in the past, I don't know about you, but I think in the past, we can sometimes look at our lives and think, you know, God, you helped me then. I ponder. I don't go over the, the, the stuff the way God hasn't helped. I look at the things. I tend to... The Israelite people, Jewish people, were always encouraged to hold festivals. The idea of festivals were to remember God's goodness, to remember God's deliverance, to remember God's greatness, to remember God's love. Very often. So we have the, the communion, the, the, what's called the love feast, is to remember his death and resurrection and him coming back again and his love and great love for us and the defeating of the power of death. To remember, to ponder. And there's something powerful in pondering the past. If you did it then, you could do it again. I know in my own, and so the Jews were encouraged again and again, not to just look at the good old days. We're not just saying, oh, it was better then than it is now. I don't mean that. But you ponder, you look at those moments where God has been good and you take strength for today. So there's something powerful in looking at the past in that respect and saying, thank you, God, for how you helped me there. Thank you, God, when you did it then. If you did it then, you can do it now. I do this all the time. I ponder something that God has helped me with, but I said, if you could do it then, you could do it now. If you did it for him, you could do it for me. And there's something about pondering the goodness of God, but that isn't enough on its own. That is not enough. And the Jews did this a lot. The Jews were given this idea of festivals and 
remembering. And it's so important. And we're given that with the communion. But also God says something in, in these verses, in verses 3 to 5. He says, he gives him a promise for today. And it extends into the future. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. We can ponder our past, but we also need a promise for today. And we do that as we hear God speak now, prophetically, into your heart and your life. There's something really powerful in receiving a promise today. Yeah, I, I take strength. I'm anchored as I look at the past. I think, you helped me then. You did it then. You did it then. There's an anchor. But then I need new wind for my sails to take me forward. And that's where the promise comes. And so when God says to Joshua, I will be with you. I promise. As I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. And so there's something about getting hold of a promise from God for your life. It will jump out of the Bible as you read the Bible, as you read the New Testament. It will, it will jump out to you as you're listening to a worship and, you're, and, you're just, and the Holy Spirit will begin to speak and say, do you know what? I love you. I love you more now. I love you more now. A promise begins to come. And there's something really powerful. Prophetic people. Get around people and pray and pray with others. This morning it was so exciting to see people standing to be loved and then people going and praying and speaking out over their lives. Lovingly and gently and prophetically. How incredible that was. It was spectacular and so beautiful and gentle and amazing this morning. Promises. Promises. Love promises. And there's something so powerful when we encourage one another. We pray over one another. We, we speak God's goodness over each other. A promise for today. <clears throat> so we need to ponder the past. But we need a promise for today which gives us the wind in our sails to take us forward. It's a prophetic word in season. And for me, that's always been the game changer. I ponder the past. It gives me an anchor. But then I begin to seek. I worship. I read. I get around people. I, I, I receive their prayers. I thank them for their prayers. And I get a word for today. A promise for now, which takes me forward into the future. It's amazing. And this is what God does with Joshua. So for you and I, that's what can happen for you and I. And so he says something pretty amazing. He said, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. God is no respecter of persons. That's so true today. Now in the new covenant, that was the old covenant. Remember, that's the old covenant. We are people of the new covenant. The new covenant is better. If you read the book of Hebrews, it says it's even complete. It's amazing. It's incredible. It's better. It's completed now. And so now in the new covenant, he is no respecter. He, you know, he does it for them, but he won't do it for me. Oh, look how it's going great for them, but you know, this is the, it's resigned just like that for me. I'll never do anything in my life. Do you know, the people of old, the great people of faith, God is no respecter of persons. He says this to Moses. He wants, he wants Joshua rather to know this. I was with Moses, but I'm going to be with you just the same. Just the same. If not more. And you know, for you and I, ponder the past, get a promise for today, and know that he is no respecter of persons. You know, so we can say, I could never do this. Uh, they're so much better than me. They're more deserving. They're more spiritual. They're a better Christian. They know more about the Bible. It's not that at all. It's purely down to his great, incredible love for you and me and for Joshua. And this is how you defeat fear. This is how you defeat fear, as we know that Jesus loves us more even so than the birds of the air. If the Father said, Jesus says, if he gives food to the birds of the air, how much more will he clothe you? Will he love you? Will he look after you? So, 
laying hold of the past, pondering, but getting hold of a promise for today, an understanding, a revelation, asking the Holy Spirit to show you his great love for you and I. It is no respect of persons. He wants to be with you. He wants to encourage you. He wants to um, take you forward. And then God gives an encouragement. The third thing I want to say is this. He, he gives an encouragement in verses 6, in verses 7, in verses 9. He says, be strong and courageous. Be very strong and courageous. Again, I say, be strong and courageous. The word strong could be translated confident. Confident. It's interesting. With people of courage... Throughout history, in, in war zones and, and in places like Aleppo, where people are being bombed and these people put on the white helmets and they run into the street and they're going to be bombed too. What you find is when you speak to people about how courage, courageous they are, they say, well, I still felt fear. I was worried too. But I had this deep conviction that I, this is what had to be done. If I didn't, no one would. When you hear in war zones where soldiers have gone and they've gone through fire and they've gone through a minefield and you say, well, weren't you fearful? They go, yeah, I was. I was absolutely frightened. But my conviction was I had to do this to save my friends. I was, they'd be gone. They'd be dead. There's something about confidence. And this is why God says to him, be strong and courageous. What he's basically saying to him is be strong and confident in me. Be confident in me. That's about trust. Jesus calls it faith. And he said, faith the grain of a mustard seed. This is amazing. It only takes a little mustard seed to deal with fear. Only a mustard seed. And so he says, be confident in me. There's this understanding that courage is about a conviction. And conviction of God gives confidence of God. There's something about knowing the love of God, knowing his love in our lives, his hand upon my life, which has been shaken by fear, which has been shaken by the circumstance, which makes us fearful. Of course, that's true, and God sees that. But there's something about putting my trust in him still. I feel fearful, but I'm going to trust you. I I feel worried, but I'm going to put my hand in you. I'm not sure where this is going to take me, but I'm still going to go with you. That's confidence. You don't have to be perfect, because Jesus said you didn't need bucket loads of faith. He said a grain of mustard seed will move a mountain. That's amazing. Mustard seed will move a mountain. So when you feel a lack of confidence, when you feel fearful, remember, if you can have just a mustard seed of confidence and trust God, he can bring you and take laid hold of your hand and bring you through to the other side. And then he goes on to say this. The fourth thing I would say is this. He says, be careful to obey the law. Do not turn to the left nor to the right. I mean, for you and I today, we, have the, we would be looking at obeying Jesus, hearing the voice of Jesus for our lives, not moving to the left or being swayed to the right. When you're fearful, there are lots of voices. I don't know about you, but they scream at me. There are many voices that would scream at me, do this or do that or don't do this. Take this advice. Don't take that advice. Uh, run here, go there. The left and the right. And what he says, God says is be careful to obey the law. <clears throat> There's something about hearing the heartbeat of Jesus and going with that. That's what obedience is. It's just going with that. God doesn't have a stick that says, you must obey me. It's a heartbeat of great love. And it's going with that. It's going. With, that's what obedience is. It's saying, I'm going to go with you. I'm not going to go to the left nor the right. I've heard this. I've heard that. I feel pulled here and pulled there. Don't do this. Do that. I'm going to go with you, Jesus. I'm going to hear. So it's hearing him and obeying him and holding on to his love. His great sense of good love. It's really powerful. When you put all this together, it will be, take us to face fear with great courage and confidence in God. And this is why God said to him, 
Be careful to obey. And so now for you and I today, we have the helper, the Holy Spirit. He's the one who comes to help us keep in step. In Galatians, the book of Galatians, the letter to the Galatians, chapter 5, we're called to keep in step with the Spirit. That means to obey means not to pull to the left nor the right, run behind or run ahead of God or drag behind, but keep in step. So that's keeping our heart open to his will and his way and his love and his call upon our lives. But that's hard when you're worried and when fear is breathing hot down your neck. But he says, if you can keep my law, if you can keep my way, if you can obey, and that's the key there, it's the obedience aspect. For now, it's us, it's love. The law is replaced with the love of God. The law is the law of love. And so if we can hold on to his love, if we can give to his love, if we can give to his way, then he will take us through. Finally, he says this. <clears throat> it's as if God is building up, building up to a crescendo. He says this in, in um, verse 8. He says, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you'll be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Keep the book of the law before you, in other words. Keep it on your lips. And then he says, meditate on it. Don't let it depart from your mouth. For us, uh, the book of the law would have been Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. But for you and I today, it's it's the teaching of all of what God would say throughout his Old and New Testament. But, But particularly but we're people of the book, we're people of the new covenant. And so for us today, it would be taking a hold of the new covenant scriptures and it's keeping it on our lips. There's something very powerful to speak certain words that God gives. Whereas God says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Which is greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. There's taking, these aren't, these aren't mantras, they're not chants, but they're keeping something. So the idea there is keeping it on our lips. So when we read, it's laying hold of that and speaking it over my life. I've, I've learnt now, in the, in the last four, four years or so, to do that much more. Not like a mantra, but beginning to keep it on my lips. Because there's a lot of stuff that you can say, oh, I'll never do that. Oh, this is the, this is the end. We'll never get there. This is never going to change. We, there's all that sort of stuff that we can speak out. And this isn't about being positive. This is about letting the word of God be on our lips. It's it's about letting God's word, which is living and active. And so he says, let it be in your mouth. And the idea there is to be speaking it in our hearts and lives. In other words, mulling over it and letting it be spoken out over our hearts. And what begins to happen? As you begin to do that, you find yourself, when you are stressed, I find, if I, when I do get stressed about something, I find, that, I find words like, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I begin to speak those, I find those things, because I've been doing that more and more, they've started to come a lot more naturally. Now. And I, not to say that I'm not fearful, I do get fearful, but I begin to speak them. Is it really amazing? And then he says this, meditate on it. So as we speak them out over our lives, it's let them take root. The word meditate literally means let them root it's a bit like where Jesus gives the, the parable of the sower and he sows seed and the, the seeds fall on ground and it's good and they grow. And there's something about this idea of meditating where the word of God begins to take root. It's seed, it germinates, it grows. What you find is it, they are seedlings at first. And what you find in life is that you're still fearful and the circumstance hasn't changed yet. But they're seeds, seedlings grow. We sowed some seed in... Um, <clears throat> 
I have lots of gardening quotes. But in our, in our garden, uh, our grass was a ripe mess and it had all this sort of moss type stuff. So we put this weed and feed stuff down one part of it and uh, it looked awful. It looked worse. I thought, I've, I thought Helen's ruined our garden. She put, she put this stuff down and she did her own thing and did this. But then after that, we raked it away and I sowed all this seed over it. Well, I'll tell you what now. Uh, this is about like uh, probably six, seven months later. Where we've sown grass seed, it's absolutely vigorous. It's better than the rest. It's making it showing up the rest of the garden. We've got to do the whole lot now, Helen. We've got to do everything. But there's something about seeds. They only grow a little. At first, they don't look much. But sort of six to seven months later, that it's come through vigorous. And there's something of the power of the prophetic word of God, the Holy Spirit getting hold of God's word in our heart, speaking into our lives, speaking over our lives, rejoicing in us, over us and through us, that begins to build and builds a vigorous sense of life, hope and growth. And so then he says, do not let this word depart from you. Let it take root, let it seed, let it germinate. Then he says this, with this I finish. You will be prosperous and successful. Prosperity comes out of the purpose of God. God's purpose for our lives. When God's purpose, when our hearts are lined up with God's purpose, we find that we prosper. Things go right. Things go according to God. Things go, and his heart is not for bad, but for good. Not to harm, but to do good. That's the will of God for our hearts and lives. Uh, it might not mean that you'll have the, the newest brand new car. I mean, that, that's not, maybe not that sort of prosperity. It, it might be, but I, it probably won't. But you never know. But um, it's, it's about lining up our hearts with the plan and purpose. And God's got good plans, good purposes for you and me and each one of us. Why? Because no respect of persons. He knows you by name. He wants to. He's got plans that are good, not to harm but are good for you, and they're good for me. And so, as God began to speak this into Joshua's heart, he was able to stand and embrace a completely new day and a new season, releasing what was was into something that was incredibly new. And the Holy Spirit began to move in different ways, and God was moving in a new way in the heart and life of the people. And so he will for you and I. Let's pray together. Perhaps if, if uh, worship uh, guys could come back, that'd be good. God bless you. I just want to give an opportunity for you know, your heart, my heart, our hearts, just to embrace what God wants to do for you and me and us. And just invite you with me, just if we, I, 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 say, I say close our eyes, it just helps concentrate, but if you want to keep them open, it's up to you. But if you can, let's just do that for a moment. Heavenly Father, we open our hearts to you. Uh, Holy Spirit, we pray for um, a fresh uh, sense of heart and revelation. And for some of us, we maybe face challenge or uncertainty in either work or health, life, relationships. We're not sure, and that's making us feel anxious. So we come to you, and we want to trust you. We're going to put our trust in you. We're going to put our faith in you. We're going to exercise a mustard seed I might not feel that I've got too much, but we're going to exercise a mustard seed. You said, if you can exercise a mustard seed, it will move mountains. And I pray that mountains will begin to move. I pray for releasing healing and deliverance and freedom, new relationships, returning of the prodigals, brand new marriages, new hope at work, new heart and life in church, 
Mountain moving God. We just pray right now as we just come to you. We love you. We honor you. and We thank you. Thank you, Jesus. You're no respecter of persons. You love us so much. You died for the whole world, the sins of the world. We thank you that you look upon us. You know us by name. You love us and you care for us. You've got plans to prosper, not to harm, but to do good. I thank you for that. And I pray that that would be released into our hearts. We want to line up our hearts and lives with your will and your way. And for some of us who are worrying about certain things, we just pray that you would begin to chart a fresh uh, will and your way. Begin to release that. Release it for our children, our loved ones, our homes, our lives, our lives here right now, our church. We're going to trust you, Lord Jesus. We're going to trust you. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, that you said, I send the helper. I won't leave you to be alone. But the helper, the comforter, the counselor, he will be with you and in you for always. And so now we welcome you, Holy Spirit, to have your way in our hearts and lives. Afresh, anew. Let a fresh wave, a fresh release come in this midst of our lives right now. In our hearts, in this place. Holy Spirit, come and have your way, we pray. In my life. In Jesus' name we ask. Let's stand together, shall we? And so as we're worshipping together and we begin to sing, as we sing together, whatever it is that maybe you feel that is a concern or an anxiety or a fear, let's not beat ourselves up. Let's just put our hands in God's hands, in Jesus' hands. Let a grain of mustard seed be released right now.